When was the last time you thought about your batteries? I mean, that's what they do, right? Stay unnoticed, unseen, shoved in a battery compartment, and click, your stuff works. But you're going to be thinking about this one. Duracell Optimum, the battery that can make your devices work even better than copper top. Toothbrushes, faster. Screwdrivers, faster. RC cars, yeah, an upgrade without upgrading. So just this one time, do you and your devices a favor and upgrade to the power of Duracell Optimum. fun episode of the retro gamers as we are just barreling towards 100 larry here and anthony here what's going on west coast um i don't know the same thing that's always going on on the west coast like <laughs> you know we do everything you guys do just three hours earlier sounds good as long as there's no fires or earthquakes uh ooh, not to my knowledge it's not we're, this week. i think we're safe Good. I think we're safe for the moment. Well, how about you? Uh, how many what, are you in the middle of another nor'easter? No, we're good for now. Uh, I think we're at three, maybe four. And the uh, best—I think, I think that was number four. The best part was it was the day after the last nor'easter. It was actually worse than the actual nor'easter. Yeah, well, that that's kind of awesome. Oh, and by the way, yeah, you know, didn't it come the day after, like the day after the first day of spring? <laughs> uh, actually, the day of. Oh, it was the it day. Was, I think it was the day. Yeah. Of. Happy spring. Screw you. <laughs> Love Mother Nature. No springs. Uh, but yeah, no, we're we're holding strong right now. Make it a little a little rain, but we're we're uh, we're doing good thus far. All right. And, well, that's good to know. But you want to talk about a storm? We got a whole different storm brewing right now because oh, I'm boy. about to introduce. We have a special guest this week, and he. This is officially. I guess officially the first crossover of the more of the same network because we have with us this week the host, not even the co-host, the host of the Yin and the Yang podcast. He's been on the show before, folks, but for some reason I gave him his own show. Ladies and gentlemen, Anthony Chu. Well, Anthony Chu, hello. Paging wait a Anthony minute, wait a minute. Oh, well, am, am I on the air? Am I on the air? You're on. So I'm sorry. I, I apologize to the both of you, Ant and Larry. I, I uh, thought that I would have some type of introductory theme music, uh, possibly. So apparently we don't do things like the way that we do on my show. I'm sorry about that, guys. And they're, they're rolling their eyes now. You see? Oh, boy. I, now, I promised you guys a, a, a power-packed show. And uh, at the same time, I'm a guest, and I was already told by your producers and your technical team to curb the language, be respectful. This is your show. I have respect. I kowtow to the both of you ahead of time, okay? So just to let you good folks know, it is great to be back with my brothers uh, for the fact that uh, it's very, very rare that the three of us get to talk like this. So I, I really appreciate it and very honored to be on this show, really. Thank you well, for having very me back. We're very happy to have you. And yes, you are right. We actually don't get a lot of opportunities to to talk the three of us anymore, you know. And uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, Anthony and I actually go all the way back 
pre, uh, we can call it like PL, pre-Larry, um, or BL, <laughs> before Larry, you know, way back when. Um, Anthony, <laughs> That's Anthony, what my parents Anthony, say. I know. And, well, you know, they say it for a reason. Uh, Anthony and I wow. actually um, we actually grew up on the same block. So we have been friends for, oh, man, about 33 years, 34 so years. Annoying. It's been a long time, man. Since the like mid-80s. It's like 85 yep. or 86. Yeah, and then, you know, Larry came along. <laughs> I made it so much better. Kind of like Webster. We were a happy family, and then you came along. <laughs> oh, my God, Webster. <laughs> Wait a minute! I thought Webster made the family better. Well, that, so what, that's a matter of. Now, what, what, I, I would think the equivalent would be Sam, the little redheaded kid that they added to a different church. <laughs> the one that got kidnapped. Oh, oh no! Yes. No! No! Please don't say it. You if are. You, oh, you are the. You are the Danny Cooksey of our group. Wow! Oh, Danny wow. Cooksey, holy! Okay. That is I'm, a pull. I'm putting my headphones down now. I can't take this. I may need to get Frank on here right now. That is a pull. Ah. Oh, Holy cow. Frank, oh, don't, let's not get started. Frank is Dudley. <laughs> wow. The guy, the kid who got tuck, touched <laughs> by oh, the bicycle shop. Never owner. go into a bike shop. Oh, God. Already. All the, millennials, all the millennials who are listening to the show are probably like, what are these? Uh, they have, they have no way. Well, you know what? I mean, we are called the retro gamers. So, I mean, anybody <laughs> listening, it, let, let's, let's face it. You're going to be getting a lot of 80s references in here. So, the all you are, are off. Yeah. All you yes. millennials, put your Tide Pods down, okay, and listen very carefully. No, no, no. Tide Pods are over. That that was so last month. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, check out the Yin and the Yang podcast. That drops every Friday right here on the More of the Same Network. You can find Thank it you. everywhere. And uh, we talk just real fast. Uh, uh, ant, oh, my gosh, there's two ants. Um, yin and Yang Ant, I don't know what to call you. <laughs> Truzilla. Okay, that the works. I refuse to call you that. Um, just give us a quick, quick synopsis of what the Yin and Yang uh, podcast is all about. Wow, I'm actually getting a spot to plug this. Okay, uh, I appreciate it. And time so, is up. Thank you. <laughs> and now you know why my show is the redheaded stepchild of the entire network. Your show, <laughs> no, your I'm show kidding. is the you sh- your show is the virtual boy of the oh! more of the same network. <laughs> okay, oh. I'm leaving. <laughs> Uh, so so give us a uh, give us a quick synopsis. All right. Your, your, your producer told me to keep the headphones on or else I'll never come back into the show. So, um, well, the show basically is the premise of it is we talk about mixed martial arts, traditional martial arts, uh, health, fitness, motivation. And at the same time, we do throw a lot of pro wrestling references in there because we're both fans. And uh, we really, I'm, I'm, you know, virtually a, a martial art junkie. So I'll watch and listen and read anything. We had a lot of history involved. So, and we want to be able to help out uh, our fan base known as Choose Commandos and Mormons Militants. Yes, that's what we call our fans. Wow, I, I have no response to that one. <laughs> okay. But it's All a right, fun well, that, Sometimes it, silence speaks volumes. It, it, it It's a fun Usually one. Usually so. not in a good way. <laughs> so check it out. Uh, so, yeah, Ant's going to join us. Thank he'll you. He'll, uh, you know, he'll he'll give us his ideas. It, kind of a different view uh, than, than me and, and, and Ant <laughs> has to say. We know way too many. I have way too many friends that are named Anthony. Uh, so Tell me about it. This I'm one week, of them. <laughs> this past week, 
Uh, L.A. There we go. Here we go. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do this zombie land style. Los Angeles. Um, how was WonderCon? Mm. <laughs> WonderCon. Yes. Um, so WonderCon um, was actually pretty good. Uh, for those of you who don't know what WonderCon is, it is a comic book convention that takes place, uh, or at least this year, it took place in Anaheim at the Anaheim Convention Center. Okay. And um, it was, uh, I believe, I want to say it was Friday through Sunday, so uh, 23rd, 24th, and 25th of March. Um, I went on Saturday morning, the 24th, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I was only able to stay for a few hours because, unfortunately, I had some I had some play, I had other plans that I needed to attend to uh, that afternoon. Um, but I got there bright and early in the morning and uh, got there at like 7 o'clock. Doors open at 7.30. Wow. Uh, sat, well, Jeez. wait. Doors open at 7.30 to let you in the inside line. Oh, okay. Uh, then stood on the inside line or sat on the floor on the inside line until <laughs> about 9.30 when they, find, when they actually opened the doors. So <laughs> – um, and I had um, – I had a handful of plans. Now, granted, a lot of this will not be video game related, so just warning um, to people who are listening. But uh, just to go through it really quickly, uh, first thing, uh, first person I actually hit up was uh, a very talented uh, comic book artist for our good friend Frankie, who is the number one fan of our show. Um, <laughs> yes. He wanted he he wanted to commission an artist by the name of Ken Lashley um, to do a Wolverine. Um, a Wolverine, a piece of Wolverine art for him. Oh, cool! Um, and I was uh, fortunate enough to actually have a conversation with this guy for a good half an hour. Oh wow! Nicest guy, nicest guy in the world. Super talented. He was drawn. He was doing like a Batman cover for somebody while we were talking the entire time. Man, jeez, talent. Anyway, so we were talking for like half an hour with uh, uh, my friend and I were talking half an hour for like a half an hour with Ken Lashley, and he was telling us. Um, how he was um, he was designing the um, Avengers Infinity War toys for Hasbro. Oh wow! At, for Avengers Four. Oh, not not Infinity War coming out. Yeah. you know, in May, but the the next one, the mm-hmm. sequel. So, and he was and he and, and he was he was just kind of explaining how, uh, and he didn't give away any spoilers or anything like that. But he was actually kind of explaining how, like, he went to Hasbro and Hasbro was like, okay, he's like. Um, you're going to be doing the toys for Avengers four. He's like, and they, they were showing him a slide. They're like, all right, so here are the heroes that are left in Avengers four. Oh, <laughs> and he basically, and all he said was, he said, he just sat there for five minutes processing, not only who was up there, but how many people were not. Wow. So apparently we're, we're in for quite the surprise when we see Avengers three. He didn't give out any other details, but he just said he's like, yeah, he's like, I don't think people. He's like, I don't think people are expecting what's going to happen in this next movie. So I'm really excited now to see Infinity War because apparently, yeah, a lot's going to go down. It's it's almost like the uh, Mortal Kombat annihilation of the uh, Marvel Cinema Universe. Just taking yeah, out a whole exactly. Bunch of well, you I, also have to realize there are over like I think there were over like fifty characters in the film. Oh, so naturally, absolutely. yeah, yeah, people uh, are going to. I'm sure, and and they were talking about. I thought that was all going to happen in in Avengers Four because I thought the contracts were up. But I, I the only one I figured was going to be, and this is not a spoiler. This is just what I'm assuming was going to be Cap. You know, well, Chris Evans. I mean, so made, I don't know. He, 
he may just be one of many. We'll see what happens. Oh, yeah. But anyway. Interesting. Very cool. So, super nice guy. For those of you who are into comic books, uh, look up Ken Lashley's work. He's done a lot of work on Black Panther. He actually designed some of the costumes. Some of the costumes they wound up using in the movie were his designs. Oh, wow. Uh, which which is really cool. And by the way, the Black Panther movie, if you have not seen it, you must be living under a rock because it's by far and away one of the best Marvel movies out there right now. Highly okay. recommend it. Um, so did that. Um, went around. I got a few uh, I got a few of my uh, comic books autographed cool. by artists, which was really cool. <laughs> I hope so. And then um, and then after and then after I did that, I wandered around a little bit because I wanted to pick up some stuff. Now, I didn't pick up a lot. But um, because by the time I had gotten around to um, by the time I had gotten around to actually shopping, I was already getting tired and I was running out of time. So um, uh, I looked around really quickly and I found a couple of cool things. One was um, uh, IDW apparently is doing a brand new and this is video game really a brand new Sonic the Hedgehog comic book series. So they had a they had a special they had a special convention only cover. This is an exclusive. Oh, wow. uh, exclusive cover that i picked up there and then um both of you guys will love this one so there's a you know that uh ghostbusters exists as a comic book now too right did not know that which version is it the one with tracy Uh, the monkey or the girl that that ghostbusters well that funny tracy well no it's funny you should say that because i used to watch it with prime evil well wait idw just released this uh exclusive cover but ghostbusters crossing over oh, it's wow. both teams the men and the women comic book oh wow comic. yeah the men and women will oh, be crossing over in that's cool that's what they should have done in the movie and then the the last thing i got there's a two there's two parts to this and it is game related but now we're going into my board game um my board game thing that's fine because yeah. um for those of you yeah, for those of you who don't know, I'm I'm very I'm a very avid gamer, a board gamer, uh, on top of being a video gamer. Um, and one of the games that one of my my favorite game of all time is Clue, by far best board game I've ever played. <laughs> and I've been collecting clues for the last few years. So, okay. um, so before I get to what I found at Con, at uh, WonderCon. Um, I wanted to share this story because sometimes what happens is I'll go to a Goodwill and I'll look and see if they have a version of Clue there. So uh, a few weeks ago, I picked up this copy of Clue from 1986. Oh, wow. So this, so this was the Clue that I used to play when I was a kid. Is and that like an original OG 86 Clue, not just this, like a remake? This, no, no. This is the OG 86 Clue that somebody oh, wow. donated, That's donated cool. to Goodwill. So – I picked it up and I'm like, and I open up the box and I'm noticing that the box is kind of heavy. And so I pick it up and I open it up and I'm like, okay, I go, this is the clue that I remember, right? Like this board, right? And the pieces. But then I, when I picked up the board, I noticed that there was another board underneath it. Oh, so not, yeah. So apparently not only did I get clue from 1986, but also in this box, was a version of Clue from 1961. Wow! Holy crap! Yeah. Oh, so I mean, apparently, no, the okay. bo- yeah, no, that's fine. The box, I guess that I guess they had both versions, and the other box broke, so they just stuffed this one in here. And oh, not only, wow. yeah, I mean, you can see the artwork on it; it's completely different. I mean, this is over fifty. This is fifty-six years old, uh, or fifty-seven years old. But not only is it the board for Clue, but I have all the original pieces as well. Wow! For 
1961 version. Holy cow! Unbelievable. Wait, when did you when did you open the box? When you got home, or while you were still there? No, no, no. I opened it when I got home. Wow, but man. Like, yeah, and it was funny too because like I noticed it was heavy, and I'm like, oh crap! I go, is there like a dead mouse in here or something? Yeah, I don't that know. wasn't by accident, right? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I bought the clue on purpose. Because I collect, I collect clue. No, board no, he game. meant the other board, the additional board. The additional no, no, board. No, 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 that... no, no. It wasn't by accident. They must have just, you know, they wanted to get rid of it, so they just got rid of it. No, was it um, advertised? No, this, no, no, no. I picked this up at Goodwill. Okay, so then, all right, that's the idea. Like in other words, they didn't say, "Hey, there's two clue games." No, 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 no. I just, I, I just, yeah. Picked, yeah, I picked it I up. They, I picked it up. They charged me like seven dollars. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and the reason why I brought that up is because something else that I found at the IDW booth at um, WonderCon was Clue, the graphic novel. <laughs> That's oh, awesome. For heaven's sake. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so who killed oh, Mr. Body? Read the graphic novel and find out. <laughs> oh, jeez. That is. Hey, listen, board games can be retro as well, so. That well, and, that, and you know, the board games I have here are definitely retro. And this also comes on the heels, don't forget, that um, that there was a, an announcement recently that they are making a new Clue movie, if you don't know that. I forgot about it. I think I did hear about yeah. that. So, and that first one is so good. I love the first one. Um, so anyway, so that was pretty much my experience with WonderCon. Um, lots of people in costume, of course. So I wandered around and saw that. Um, uh, I w- it was funny, too, because I went to a booth. Uh, there was a booth there where um, Rodney Eastman was signing autographs. Now, Rodney Eastman, if you don't know who that is, he's one half of the duo who created Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Him and Kevin. Right. Yeah. Uh, wait, is it Kevin Eastman? Yeah, Ke- yeah, Kevin Eastman. Kevin I thought you were talking what about his I brother. Understand? You said Robert no, Eastman. Are you thinking of Robert Miller? Uh, what's his face from Walking Dead? No, I don't know who I'm thinking of. But anyway, <laughs> Kevin. so Kevin Eastman was there signing autographs. And then just as I was walking by... Who who should happen to cut me off? But uh, Leonardo and Michelangelo. <laughs> <laughs> and for some odd reason, uh, the Green Power Ranger. I don't know what happened there. They listen. The Power Rangers and the Turtles did cross over. They did cross over. Okay, so then that's that's why he was hanging out with them. Yeah. And then they had then they had a, a girl with them who was walking around with a stroller, but she was playing the Ninja Turtle theme for them. <laughs> That's awesome. That's like the two guys I saw at New York Comic Con who always play the the Joker's henchman from '89 Batman. Right. When, when they're in the art gallery and they got the big boombox. <laughs> That's basically what was going on there. So, That's awesome. Um, but 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 overall, like a lot of people in costume. I did see some. Uh, I did see some video game characters. I saw some Street Fighters. I saw some uh, Dragon Ball Z. I did see a, a very um, uh, a hefty Sub Zero. Um, <laughs> My man, Sub Zero. Hefty. Sub-Zero. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. The, the, this Sub Zero. This Sub Zero had been uh, had definitely been to the the buffet or something <laughs> quite a few times. But um, remember but what he, I say. Know, he was, hey, Larry. Maybe he heard my Golden Corral review and just went there. Quite possible. Remember, there's always. I always say there's three types of people at a Comic Con. There are uh, people, uh, women who dress up as Wonder Woman who can pull it off. Uh, women who dress up as Wonder Woman who. God bless them. They're trying. And then there's guys who dress up like Wonder Woman. So you never know who you're going to see at WonderCon. Oh, uh, yeah. No, uh, well, that's true because I saw a guy who must have been at least six foot five dressed up as Zaytana. There you go. 
So, and that, that was interesting to say the least. Um, oh, I also got to see, I also got to see two guys come in and start cutting promos on each other. One dressed as Ric Flair and the other dressed as Mankind. <laughs> that is awesome. Can you imagine that? And the Ric Flair guy had the, the wig, the robe, and the WCW championship belt. Did he really? It'd be awesome if there was a, if there was a Ricky Steamboat. And, man, and Mankind had Socko. So, uh, <laughs> so, so anyway, so the few hours that I did spend at WonderCon were really cool. Had a good time. I will definitely be going back next year. And I'll probably be going back for um, a longer period of time. Um, I did see quite a few different things. I missed Rob Van Dam. He was there. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. He was there with uh, Headlocked yep. Comics. Yep. Um, I did stop by that booth to talk to them for a little bit, but he wasn't there yet. Okay. I, uh, I was going to ask you, were there any notable celebrities or any distinguishable guests that, you know, were signing autographs, taking photos and things like that? Well, see, uh, well, the only one that I saw was at the sci- the Hollywood Sci-Fi Museum. Uh, Nichelle Nichols was there. Um, she played the original Uhura in Star Trek. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. So she she was there. She was doing an interview when I walked by. Um, but for the most part, um, all of the all of the um, panels because they had a lot of panels. They had panels for like a lot of the CW shows, like Black Lightning and Aaron, all that stuff. Like I don't. I didn't go to the panels. The panels basically would take up all of your day. Anyway. Yeah, honestly. Uh, so um, that's where you go to see the actual celebrities. But because I'm, you know, a comic book, like I'm also a comic book guy and I've been recently getting back into collecting comic books. I was more interested in meeting the actual artists who drew, you know, who drew some of my favorite characters. So, yeah. you know, I, you know, so I got to, you know, so I got to meet a few of them I got to get their autographs, including uh, Joe Rubenstein, who um, who uh, was an artist for Wolverine Ooh. Uh, for a while. Okay. So I got yeah. So I got him to sign a uh, sign uh, sign something, which was great. Cool. Uh, yeah. So all in all, it was it was a great time. I had a blast. Uh, our good buddy Josh over at Victims and Villains. What, what do you ask uh, for? Uh, he asked for a comic from an independent, like a small pub, a small publisher. Okay. Uh, I guess two guys who were doing their own thing. And it was really funny, too, because when I, when I went up to them and I said, you know, they're like, oh, you know, feel free to take a look, read any of the books, see what interests you. I said, no, 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 I'm just picking up something for a friend. And they looked at me and they said, oh, are you picking up for Josh? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how did you know that? Wow. <laughs> Which is kind of funny because – you're both on the West Coast. You still got to get it to Josh somehow. It's up in where? Pennsylvania or somewhere. I know, but apparently, you know, Josh had the inside track with these guys. They already knew who he was. To, to the Yeah, it was funny. They, they said two names. They're like, are you here to pick up for Josh or so-and-so? And I was like, no, Josh, what the hell? <laughs> Cali's an interesting place. Isn't that it? is awesome. That is so awesome. anyway, WonderCon was really cool. I unfortunately did not get an opportunity to head over to Revolution Gaming, which was probably the only video game uh, booth on the floor, okay. uh, uh, which I do regret. I wish I did have a chance to head over there. But uh, but overall, I mean, you know, WonderCon was a good nerd central. Highly recommend anybody who's in the L.A. area or tra- likes to travel to conventions to check it out next year. Um, yeah, it's definitely worth, you know, we're cool. checking out. No, listen, cons are awesome. So, 
Very, very cool. And it sounds like you got some good holes. I mean, that clue game, I know how you are with it. And that find yes. is phenomenal. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic and, about it. You honestly, no that's, like, that's like a board I would almost frame and hang up. Right? The clue let, me also, let me also make sure that your listeners know one thing about you and Clue, Ant, is yeah. the idea that since we were kids, all the way till now, every time we played Clue, 99.9% of the time, you win. You are like an expert at this game. And it's almost scary that you know this game so well in and out that I knew that I was just, when I got on that board, I was just playing for fun because I knew most of the time I'm not going to win this. It's just, it's a given pretty much. Well, you know, I mean, it, it, that's very true. And I'm glad that you know that. Um, <laughs> but it's not, and you know, it's funny. It's not just a board game. Like I own clue for super nintendo i own clue for genesis um i don't know if i have the clue for three xbox 360 but it came out on one of those hasbro game nights oh yeah that's right yeah. so i can't i haven't been able to track that one down i gotta look for that one but um like you know yeah and i my, the, my next purchase also and i don't know if you guys remember i used to play this as a kid was the clue vcr game oh i don't remember that yeah, the Clue VCR game. I used to play with my cousins, actually. Um, we used to have a blast um, playing that game. The only VCR game I remember is that horror one. Uh, yeah, Nightmare. Yes. Yes. Uh, that, well, one, that one was fun, too. Cool. I mean, you got some good stuff. Very cool. Did you at least see... Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look, 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection, now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices, exclusions apply. What's up? It's Kevin Hart. And with new rewards from Chase Freedom Unlimited, I now earn even more cash back, even on a beach getaway. I earn 3% of drugstores on beach snacks. Hmm, these chips have some saying on them. I earn 3% on dining, including takeout, after a seagull eats all my chips. And I earn 5% on travel purchased through Chase, like a hotel room to hide from that seagull. Learn more at ChaseFreedom.com. Chase, make more of what's yours. Account subject to credit approval. Restrictions, limitations apply. Offer subject to change. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. Anything retro game? I know you said you you couldn't get to the booth, but was there anything? I did, I did see. Well, I did. I did see two people dressed as Mario and Luigi. <laughs> um, I also saw two people dressed as Waluigi and Wario. Oh, nice! They run into each that other. Was, yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah, I was hoping they would run into each other, but they didn't. Um, I did see a few booths that had. They would. Um, I didn't realize that mystery boxes are now like this huge oh, thing yeah. like they got them all get, over new york comic-con yeah i know i get i get the loot crate stuff you know and that's yeah. pretty much the same thing but yeah so there was one there was one boot that had mystery boxes and they were in the shape of the coin block oh i've Brothers. seen those out here and and then they had a larger one that was rectangular in the shape of an nes controller it was Ooh. probably like yeah it was like this big wow. it was pretty it was pretty sizable that's cool uh, yeah, so there was a, there were a lot of those mystery boxes going around, and I was I just wasn't going to do it because I'm like, you know, if I'm going to do a mystery box, like I want to do a mystery box of like video games. Oh, I don't want to get I don't want to get like a t-shirt and like a tumbler, you know. Absolutely. Um. So, uh. So yeah, there there was definitely some video game representation there. 
Um, like I said, the one I really wanted to go see, I didn't get an opportunity to, unfortunately. That's all right. Uh, yeah, but you know, you run out of time, it happens. Absolutely. Um, yep. Um, and speaking of time, I know. Um, and or, I know earlier, and I just want to. I want to segue into this because it's something I posted on the site. Okay. Uh, that I wanted that I wanted to bring up because um, I showed you that that cool um, Sonic the Hedgehog comic book that just came out or is coming out. Yeah. Um, but is that I a variant posted, cover? Yeah. That yeah. That's that's exclusive to WonderCon. Nice. You can't get nice. it anywhere else. So that, that's why I picked it up. It was like ten bucks. I don't blame you. Um, yeah, but it was really cool. Um, but I had posted on um, on the Retro Gamers Facebook page. Um, which is facebook.com slash retro gamers podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I had posted an article that was, that came out where um, Sega actually revealed the secret backstory to Sonic the Hedgehog. I don't know if you checked this oh, out. Oh, we talked about that last week. Uh, no, we didn't. When he was a rabbit? No, no, no. We talked about how he was almost a human boy. Oh, oh, oh. Right. Now, though, they came out and they actually brought up um, that, they ha- that they had this whole backstory to sonic where basically um you know and i'll just read like a a quick bit of this but you know um sonic the hedgehog was inspired by hedgehog the human a world war ii fighter pilot that's his yes so that's that's but that's a fictional backstory it's not real there was no world war ii pilot named hedgehog the human Um, (laughs) just so you know like what right (laughs) So, so basically, like as they were trying to develop the character, they were trying to give him a backstory. Yeah. So in in this presentation that the um, the author of the backstory did, the one from Sega, they basically talk about this guy who fought who flew a plane in World War II. His hair was always standing up, which led to him being nicknamed a hedgehog. Um, the <laughs> nose art. Well, another guy nicknamed plane, hedgehog. Yeah. The nose art on the plane depicted Sonic. Okay. Um, he got married to an author of children's literature, and she wrote a children's story about him, about a hedgehog. Hmm. And that's where Sonic came from. Interesting. So, yeah. So it's just really interesting how, like, uh, you like now we're talking 26 years later, 20, like 26, 27 years later after Sonic came out that you're getting these little nuggets of information. Like here's this little secret backstory to Sonic that nobody knew about until yeah, they did this. That's know? pretty cool. So I thought, yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. Very cool. Um, Very cool. Yeah. All righty. Well, that's good. Um, so you got a lot of stuff, a lot of cool stuff, man. Uh, we're going to have to talk to Josh. That's a retro game that you bought with clue. So we may have to add that to the, to the price. Jer- New Jersey. Um, do you know about this, this contest that we have happening? No, I, I, please clue me in. So I get it. Ah, I see what you did there. Ah, Ah. So what we're doing between me and and LA, um, is we are doing this. We really are zombie landing this. It's the only way. Um, we are doing this contest that Josh from victims and villains. I want to, you know, hit him with a cookie sheet for suggesting it, uh, that we see, who by the end of hurt. by the end of 2018 we would all know that by the end of 2018 whoever purchases the most dollar value of retro games has to buy the other person a virtual boy 
So that's the context. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. I think I heard that on the last episode you guys did. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and I keep saying... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is a double-edged sword, okay? Because, and, um, excuse me, L.A., if you you buy Larry a virtual boy, wouldn't that basically make you a hypocrite because you're spending money on one? But then if you don't buy one, then you lose... Then if he well, no, buys you the, one, you're gonna smash it to the ground anyway. Man. Exactly. Right. See, but see that that that's that's where I benefit because I already know I'm not gonna lose because I know, I know Larry's shopping habits. So, so I what will be, gives you both the advantage? Let me ask you that. What gives me the advantage is Larry doesn't know how to keep his wallet in his pocket, and not, and he goes to this game store called Game On every week. So he's spending money every week. Me on the other hand. I'm really only buying retro games pretty much when I go to Super Potato, which is once a month <laughs> until June, <laughs> and then I'm then I'll be more or less done for the year. Larry, what gives you the advantage? Um, the the fact that I have none. That's pretty much it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but I didn't go to I didn't go to Game On this week. Actually, I won't oh, be going to Game On for a little while. How so, is that a strength? You, I thought you I thought you bought something. I did, but not from Game On. So oh, here's, where did you go? Here's what I got. First of all, this was from, well, it was originally from Newberry Comics, but I found them cheaper on Amazon. So these are going to be going back when I get the ones from Amazon. Uh, but I picked up some more pops, some more pop vinyls to add to the giant collection. These are 8-bit Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Nice. And it is all four turtles. Raphael and my favorite, Michelangelo. These don't count, Uh, do they? No, they don't. No, they do not count. Also, before I show the other purchase I made, I do want to make one thing um, that actually New Jersey uh, did for me as this Friday is my birthday. And I did get an early birthday present. Um, and, uh, L.A., God, is going to be difficult. Remember we were talking about Think Geek? Yes. So, <laughs> so I got oh, the album. Very nice. New Jersey was kind enough to get me the Namco Museum Grace Hits album. I didn't That's open sweet. it yet. Now, L.A., nice. I've done something good for my boss for his birthday <laughs> The boss of the network. What have you gotten your boss for the network uh, for, for his birthday? I gave him the greatest gift he can possibly have or get from me. My beautiful voice. <laughs> and his frequent trips to the Orient. <laughs> uh, Larry? I'm allowed I, to I, say that because oh, of New I'm Jersey. Sorry. Uh, hey, uh, Long Island. Listen, I have a sp- second gift for you as well. Uh-oh. What could that be? Besides and it's actually every single day. It's the gift of me. <laughs> Drink it in, man. Yeah, you nothing. know, you know. It, it was funny when I said it. Copying <laughs> what I said just doesn't work. No, I just made um, it better. So no, definitely not. Um, but uh, and speaking of, uh, I will be uh, mailing your super potato purchases Ooh, this week. All right. Um, and there, and and there will be a little extra something in there for oh, you. Oh, way to try Thank to you. one up me Thank here. You. 
See, tried, he got I me. I got the man something already physically before his birthday. And I can maybe, only he's trying to one up me now. And I can only assume this may be from Japan. So who knows? So, but hey, Larry, you have to remember, um, uh, or I should say, um, Mr. Chu, Mr. New Jersey. Um, you have to remember something. My, my gifts come from not sometimes three thousand miles away, and in other instances, ten thousand miles away. So that makes them even more special. So here's the new. Here's the other purchase that will count towards the the, the tally that we okay, have for the thing. And uh, L.A., you actually sent me the link for this. Oh, so I got on eBay, Shining Force CD. Oh, you actually bought it. Yep. Wow! Nice so, purchase. And what it's, is that? Uh, it's oh, it's well. First of all, Shining Force is I mentioned before one of my my. Wait most... a minute! You don't even have you don't even have a Sega CD. No, but it's at least I have it now. I hate you. Now <laughs> I'm gonna have to buy it. Um, it's Shining Force to me is one of the best RPGs ever. The series is Hands fantastic. Down. It was the first RPG I ever beat on Genesis, and this Shining there's Shining Force CD. And then there's Shining Force 3. Now, Shining Force 3 is the holy grail. That bad yes. boy is a lot of money. Uh, but it's actually it, – it, did I tell you it's actually really cheap in Japan? You did not? Yeah, but the problem is you have to have the Japanese system to play it. Well, I would need a Saturn over here, and I don't know if I'm ever getting a Saturn. So it may be more a purchase just for – to have. Just to have – just so you have it? Yeah, and if it's a Japanese version, then maybe. Well, you also have to remember the Shining Force 3 – on Sega Saturn there, is broken into three parts. Well, Shiny Force CD is two games in one. No, four games. Excuse me. Four four games in one. Which one? Uh, which games are on it? No, I think they're originals. Oh, they're all original. Okay. I think so. So, but if you... I don't know if you can tell in the camera. This is a this is a really good box. I mean, the case... It's it, no, it's a beautiful box. One very minor scratch on the bottom, but it's on the back. It's not going to bother me. If you look on the inside here, let me just open this. It's been a while since I opened one of these. I mean, we've I even still has the foam inside to protect the CD. Wow. And the instruction booklet and everything. That is excellent. I've been staring at it for two days trying to figure out if it's a repro. <laughs> well, there's only one way to, to know. You got to test it. Yeah. Oh, well. But, uh, no, Shining Force CD, so big time. I've been waiting for that for a very long time. Yeah. Happy I got it. You know what's uh, interesting, too? You can buy, like, you know... Um, there are actual video game graders. I don't know if you're aware of this. Oh, I know. Yeah, I've that, seen those. Yeah, yeah, that you can send in and get them graded. You can oh. actually get a you can get a graded copy of Shining Force CD on eBay right now for twelve hundred dollars. Ooh, that's a little outside my range. Yep, just a little bit. Well, it's sealed and apparently it's a, a super high grade. So would that's that be why. considered a work tax deduction? Now this is an LLC. <laughs> Um, the Retro well, Gamers is not an LLC. No comment. <laughs> no, the network. Oh, the network. Well, no, the money's coming out of the budget for the Yin and the Yang podcast. So that's where I'm getting all the money from to get this stuff. So, See, uh, well, you want to talk about a Ponzi scheme, you know? I mean, Well, really. you know, there are certain things that I do buy that are write-offs So uh, because of my writing job. That's what I got to start to learn how to do. Well, I got to send some paperwork anyway to the. You got to. Yeah, I was gonna say you got to be a video game writer like me. Yeah, it's. I got to send some stuff to Erwin R. Scheister. So, but in any event, 
Uh, so uh-huh. very nice purchases, very uh, good stuff. I'm on- very, je- I am very jealous about the Shiny Force CD. I have to buy it now. We're what eighty five episodes in. Finally, finally, I got something that makes him a little jealous. I like it. Well, I mean, of course, you know how much I love that series. <laughs> now, now he's going to go to Japan, come back with like four copies of Shiny Force Three. <laughs> One mm-hmm. thing I've learned about friendship with this guy: you can one up him. <laughs> Who me? Yes, you. Who else you do you think I'm talking about? LA. You can't want. No, you can't one up me. I'm the ultimate one upper. Exactly. You see what I mean? That's right. I will always one up you both. Hadouken! All right, everybody. It is time for this week's uh, cheat of the week, and um, I chose a specific, uh, a very specific game this week because our next segment is going to be focusing on, um, a, you know, games like this. So. This week's cheat of the week is for the original Mortal Kombat for Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. Ooh, okay. So, and it's one that a lot of people, I'm sure, know. But um, this cheat is—it's not so much a cheat as it is a secret. But you know, I consider secrets cheats sometimes. But for those who don't know by now, but you know, if you've seen the movie, you know that there's a secret character in the game called Reptile. <laughs> and he's awesome, right? And he's all, and yeah, he's a great character to play against. He's basically Sub Zero or Scorpion, but green. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to fight Reptile in the Mortal Kombat game, the way you do it is in the bridge stage while playing a one-player game. You need to get a flawless victory in both rounds, and then perform a fatality at the end. If you do this, your next match will be against Reptile in the bottom of the spike pit. I think so, I've done it once. Yeah, I think I think same thing here. Like, you know, it's so hard to get, you know, flawless victory in two rounds and then manage to get the fatality off. So definitely a huge challenge there. Um, but, you know, if you are adept in the Mortal Kombat game and you want to play Reptile, that is how you do it. And that is this week's Cheat of the Week. Reptile wins. All right, and this uh, time, you know, we got a lot of stuff coming up here. We actually got a UFC fight coming up. We got WrestleMania coming up. So it's kind of the season of fights. Uh, I'm in a fighting feeling. I got one of five wrestling shows in a couple of weeks. So I'm ready to punch mm-hmm. someone in the face. But I will do that digitally through my video games because fighters are some of the best games that I've ever played. There's a handful of really good ones. Oh no, you're absolutely right, Larry. I mean, f- the the fighting genre has become one of the one of the in- immensely popular um, genres in video games. I mean, it spans across like every platform, going you know, going back thirty or forty years now. It's a very simple concept, gentlemen. Natural, natural uh, within our DNA. Fighting is part of our DNA. It's either fight, flight, or freeze. Yep, and Anne, as you know, as a you know, as a you know, as a big uh, as a big fan of uh, martial arts and somebody who practices in martial arts, you know this very well. Very much so, absolutely. And it's uh, these games that have evolved from the very beginning, from the early 1970s, all the way till now, have just become unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, just last week, it was announced that there is a Street Fighter TV series in the works. Really. Yes. So, um, so Mark, uh, Mark Gordon and Entertainment One closed the deal to develop, produce and finance a TV series adaptation of the Street Fighter video game franchise. Will the muscles from Brussels be a part of it? Um, no. Thank and, God. I, and I think we're all better for it. 
Um, so we're going to, you know, there, there's no other information um, except for the live fact action? that, uh, uh, yeah, it, it will be live action. Cool. So we're gonna see, and I don't know necessarily. It it, it does. We don't know like what, um, you know, if it's gonna be on Netflix or regular television or cable or whatever it is, but you know. We do know now for a fact that there is a Street Fighter TV series coming. So, you know, fighting games and then, you know, as of April 1st, when Mortal Kombat comes drops on Netflix, um, fighting games are going to be in the forefront again of the news. So it'll be really interesting to see, you know, um, how Mortal Kombat performs on Netflix. And then, of course, how Street Fighter performs when it comes out. Um, but that just, you know, circles us back to today's topic, which is, you know, the history of fighting games. And now we've been, we've been playing, you know, fighting games, you know, for a really long time. I don't know. I don't know what, um, if you guys, uh, remember what your first fighting game was. Oof. Well, okay. Now, when you say that though, let me, let me also kind of remind a lot of the newer generation, meaning a lot of the younger people who are listening to this podcast, that this is not a time when we grew up, we didn't, you know, when we were young, we're, like, we're talking about like five, 10 years old, 12 years old. We didn't have home game systems uh, that have games to the caliber of what we have now. I mean, if you wanted to of play course. a video game, you had to go to a video arcade. Believe it or not, there's something, a physical machine called an arcade, uh, you know, uh, or a video game, you know. A, a place to play video games. Let's just put it that way. So a lot of young people may actually kind of look at this and be like, huh? Like it, something like that really existed? Well, no, man. I mean, our, arcades still exist today. I mean, they've, they've evolved a bit. You know, you have your Dave and Busters and places like that. Right. But what, what I'm saying is that like in our, when we grew up, we didn't have home game systems, you know, until like the mid eighties, possibly, you know what I mean? So oh, no, there, was, I, there, there was Atari, there was Coleco, so they, they did go back a little bit. Like my first system was an, an Atari twenty six hundred, and I think I was like five years old. So, well, but prior to moving to Marine Park, I was poor, so I didn't have anything. Oh, uh, okay. Well, then that's you. <laughs> well, hey, look, man, my family grew up in poverty. I mean, you know, it's like no, uh, dude, I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm just and kidding. We, we used like, to, we yeah. used to play at my Nintendo. Absolutely. Um, well. If you want to talk about uh, video game systems, they mean or just arcades in general. These go back to the to 1976. Uh, the very first recorded video game, uh, according to an article that I'm looking at, is is 1976. That's my birth year. Um, Knights in Armor. So and is that featured... is that technically the first one you played? No, um, but I'm just saying that it goes further back in in time than that. So you have to go to an arcade for that. Uh, the first game I ever played was Kung Fu. Yeah, and that and that was a good fighting game. Well, Kung Fu uh, Master, whichever you want. Well, well, I was gonna say, to me, Kung Fu was more of a platformer. It wasn't necessarily. I went. I wouldn't put it in this genre necessarily. But um, I would. To, but I think. What do you think, Larry? I was gonna say. I would say like this. Like we're talking about like one on one fighting. Yes. You know, player that, that, one versus player two, right. or play one against a computer. Mine. Right. I mean, even if you want to go back, I'm just, I mean, what, like even boxing on the Atari uh, could, I may have played that. I remember really, though, the first one, not even Karate Champ. Uh, I think mine was probably, was probably Street Fighter 2, honestly. Wow. I remember, I remember vividly, um, it's going to get a little local, Breezy Point Surf Club over at Breezy Point. 
obviously. And um, they they wheeled this arcade in. You know, they had some arcade games over there in the cafeteria, but they had this new one that everyone was crowded around. I'm like, what is this all about? And it was two players, and I walked over to it, and it was a game called Street Fighter 2, and I don't even remember a Street Fighter 1. So I'm like, what is this? And I stood there in awe watching Street Fighter 2, the arcade. Um, yeah. I remember that to this day. Yeah, and you have to remember, Street Fighter 1 wasn't, tech, wasn't, wasn't really a success. No, it wasn't. So it wasn't at all. Um, it was Street Fighter 2 that put them on the map. But... Um, uh, you know, and a lot of people like you, Larry, and you're not the I'm sure you're not the only one who, you know, who got into fighting games with Street Fighter 2. You know, mm-hmm. um, I remember that being the first one that really hooked me. Yeah. You know, Street Fighter 2 definitely really hooked me. But there were games that I did play before Street Fighter 2 that were part of the fighting genre. Now, to Anthony's point, you know, um, um, Knights in Armor is considered the first fighting game but there there's no um there are no copies of it or no uh, there are no machines left um to prove its existence like it's just gone hmm. um the, the 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 first one that you can actually find machines for is a game from sega called heavyweight champ champ right it was also um, released in 1976 which was also released in 1976 and it was basically two boxers that's it right. you had a bo- you had a boxer on the left a boxer on the right they were profile and you know and you fought okay you know but then you know getting into our basically getting into like our wheelhouse would be more in the 80s and to your point Atari 2600 had boxing um uh back in 1980 i personally never owned it on my Atari 2600 so I have no no uh, experience playing it. Um, the first one that I remember playing was um, in 1984, which was Karate Champ. Now See, I played I played Karate Champ on my NES. It wasn't in '84. It probably was a little bit later. Yeah. Um, but I definitely remember playing that one. I remember playing that later. Like I I remember playing that like like just like as a rental every now and again. But like years later, even probably after Street Fighter Two, the arcade game. Uh, came out because I always I I always found that game a little difficult and probably and I mean no disrespect by this I, karate didn't really you know catch my eye so mm-hmm. I probably saw that I was like eh you know it's interesting but you know where Street Fighter Two had the over the top characters and and some you know sci fi fireballs and everything so that just caught right. my eye. Well, and, and when you're talking about uh, and when you're talking about fighting games, and it's understandable if you're not into karate, those games don't interest you. But I mean, when you think about it, the the two the two sports, I guess that would be the easiest to transition into a fighting game would be boxing and karate, and that's what these you know and that's what these game developers did early on because you had boxing on Atari twenty six hundred, you had a game called Karate on Atari twenty six hundred, on the Commodore sixty four, you had Super Black Belt Karate. You had another game called Black Belt. So, you know, it was just it was just natural to go into that genre. I remember on my Commodore 64, if I remember correctly, I had a game called Karateka. That I was, was about to say Karateka was one of those really really uh un I mean it's really one of those hidden gems a lot of people don't know about and it was a very smooth uh, animation you know, it set a really high bar for games at that time, you know? Right. And if I remember correctly, did Karateka also have three characters on the screen? 
I think there were two. When was the last time you thought about your batteries? I mean, that's what they do, right? Stay unnoticed, unseen, shoved in a battery compartment, and click, your stuff works. But you're going to be thinking about this one. Duracell Optimum, the battery that can make your devices work even better than copper top. Toothbrushes, faster. Screwdrivers, faster. RC cars, yeah. An upgrade without upgrading. So just this one time, do you and your devices a favor and upgrade to the power of Duracell Optimum. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Two or three, yeah. I think there was a point where you had to fight one-on-one and then you had to fight two-on-one. Oh, wow. Exactly. Yeah, you did. I remember and that. was unheard that. of back in those days. Yeah, exactly. And it was also like one of the first games where like the animation in it was actually pretty advanced for its time. Like, you know, the characters bowed to each other hmm. before right, you actually right. you actually fought. Um, it was yeah, it was actually really cool. And, and I think I still have uh, a copy of Karatika on my Commodore 64. Oh, wow. Well, you mean those oh, wow. all those discs that you have? <laughs> all those discs that I have and still haven't gone through. But Karatika is in there. <laughs> OK, now uh, let me ask you this. Do you consider pro wrestling games to be fighting? I do I do consider them fighting games. I think in the instance of like what we're discussing though, like I you know, the ones I'm really Because if on... if they I'm sorry, if they I don't mean to interrupt, but if you do count that, then on my Commodore sixty four I remember micro league wrestling. Oh yeah. You had three characters, which was Hulk Hogan, you had Randy Savage, and you had yep. Paul Orndorff. Yes, uh, Micro League Wrestling, I actually own that game as well. And it only had you only fought two matches on one right, di- exactly on one, yes on one on one side of the floppy disk was Hogan and Savage from WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm sorry, that wasn't WrestleMania. We're talking like early '80s, yeah. like right. when early Savage 80s. first came when Savage first came in as a heel, and then when you flipped it over, it was Hogan and Orndorff. And basically, what you did is you chose you basically just chose the move that you wanted to do with numbers like one through four. And then the game decided who won the move, and then you you saw a very pixelated image of the move happening. Right, <laughs> exactly. So you had like uh, really bad commentary from Jesse Ventura and Vince McMahon. Yeah, but it was re- you know for for its time though it was really good. Um, right. And you know, and I do I do agree with you, man. I mean, I do think wrestling games are definitely part of the fighting genre. Um, because of the fact that you can have one-on-one encounters in them, you know, um, pro, you know, pro wrestling on NES, um, yes. you know, even Absolutely. the even the original WrestleMania, you know, had one-on-one bouts basically. Right. Um, so I would definitely lump them in. Even games like um, Karate Kid, based off of the movie, The Karate Kid, the first couple of levels in that game, you were actually just fighting one-on-one against the Cobra Kai characters before you flew off to Okinawa. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, you know, um, there are definitely like a ton of fighting games, um, you know, that came out in the 80s that were uh, influential. But again, a lot of them, a majority of them were karate-based, which was interesting because, you know, in uh, let's not uh, in 1985, Konami released uh, Yar Kung, Kung Fu. Yar Kung Fu. 
Your right. Kung Fu. Or Year of Kung Fu. Right, Year of Kung Fu. A year before that in 84, we got Urban Champion, which was a brawler. I remember Urban you know? Champion. I remember mm-hmm. that. That was a good one. I, um, yeah. you know, why I, I'm starting to think maybe the reason for the karate is almost like the reason why it was boxing because it was kind of all you had was punches and kicks. So you really had only had to worry about like four animations almost early, early on. Yeah. You know, left punch, right well, punch, left kick, right kick. Well, also let me also bring up one other point. When you talk about karate and boxing, if you think about the premise as a martial artist, uh, they very similar in the sense that karate has punches kicks that are very basic boxing has four punches that you use and everything else is combinations so i think as a game developer it's a lot easier to put those move sets into a game as opposed to doing kung fu styles where there's multiple different styles there's multiple different moves and it's very hard to decipher and how to use it if you're not if you don't practice the arts to understand how to create a move set because there's so many different movements. Mm-hmm. So I think that as a game developer, it's much easier for you to develop a karate or a boxing game. And also, I, I mean, yes, obviously Bruce Lee brought um, Chinese Kung Fu and you know, in different styles to the forefront in, in American media. But again, still very hard to capture in, in the game world. And Kung Fu is slowly beginning to develop in the Western world and gaining more attention but karate and boxing has always been there because it was brought over by the U.S. Armed Forces in the during the World War II and the Korean War. So people knew more about that, and they figured, I'm sure, that marketability-wise, they could see more dollars come out of that as opposed to coming up with a kung fu game, you know? I could be wrong about that, too. It could be, but, um, you know, I mean, it, it, it sounds legit. I'll, I'll take it. I'll, I'll, I'll accept your answer. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but um you know but now you know mo- and now you know moving on as we get through the 80s and we're getting through all of these different karate games then we get in 1987 the very first release of Capcom Street Fighter mm-hmm. and like we said a little bit earlier <clears throat> Street Fighter wasn't exactly uh wasn't a success and part of the reason why is um because of its unique control system because um when Capcom released Street Fighter in the arcade they had very little experience making actual hardware. They worked on software, but they never, you know, they worked on games, but they were never, you know, they weren't into the hardware business. So what they did was they paired up with Atari to create punch pads for the cabinet. Oh, wow. And what the punch pads did was the harder a player hit the punch pad, the harder your punches and kicks in the game would be. Really? I honestly never knew that. What the heck? Yeah, so the original game was based off of punch pads. Now, the, what happened, though, was it was very, very hard to use correctly. And what wound up becoming a bigger issue for them is that um, people who were playing the game were getting injured punching <laughs> the punch pads. And as a result, they actually had to recall the cabinets with the punch pads. And then they reissued the game with the standard six-button six button replay you know controller yeah. that we're all used to seeing now you know i'm sure as a result of this you know between having to recall it um and then re-releasing it and everything it was a very it was very expensive to do um and as a result it was a commercial failure however you know we all know how you know how the story winds up yeah um with uh, with capcom and street fighter um 
happened what happened before Street Fighter 2 was Capcom released a different second game. Remember a game called Final Fight? Final Fight. Oh yeah, Final Fight. Yeah. Yeah, Final Fight. Final Fight was cool. Yeah, so Final Fight was another combat-based game and it was a side-scrolling brawler and it was such a success for them that they decided to revisit the Street Fighter um the Street Fighter concept um and create another Street Fighter game and then of course that's when we wound up with Street Fighter 2. Huh. Let me also note two other things about Street about Street Fighter. In Street Fighter 1, what's very interesting about that game is that as things started to get more realistic the way to the way that game, we see games now um, Street Fighter for the first, I mean, if you look at a lot, the course throughout from 1976 all the way till now, these characters were so miniature. They were so small. And then yep. for the first time you see these characters are huge. And that was always it's something that when we were playing games growing up, remember how I used to always say to you when I came over to your house, why are these characters so small? You know? And then all of yep. a sudden when Street Fighter comes out, we're like, whoa, you know? Now, also, keep in mind of one other thing. When these games started to come out, um, what also made Street Fighter very different is that now as technology is getting better, different styles are beginning to come out now. You start to see different things. And also, when you talk about game consoles, don't also forget the game Bad Dudes. <laughs> bad dude, bad oh, dude versus bad Ninja? <laughs> right? Yeah. And now, Bad Dudes, what's interesting oh, is that that Daddy was the East. first game, right, that actually had a character speak. And he said, he would say, I'm bad. You know, that was the first <laughs> oh, yeah, ever I remember heard that. in any video game a character speaking. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, character speaking, um, I mean, they go back They go back before that. Um, but still, yeah. I mean, like it was Karate so- Champ, yes. I mean, you would hear, you know, like Red Winds or something like that. Right. I mean, they they definitely go back a ways, but um, you're right. I mean, you didn't hear it that often. So when you did hear characters speak, it was like it was a really really big deal, Um, you know, but getting back to uh, getting back to our our fighting game history. uh, um, uh, We were talking about how um, Final Fight did so well for that the Street Fighter is not coming out with Street Fighter 2. And then, of course, Street Fighter II set the bar for fighting games moving forward, at least in terms of, you know, this style of game. Um, And, you know, it, you know, to this day, I think we just, you know, um, uh, Capcom just released a new Street Fighter not too long ago on PlayStation 4 and on um, Xbox One. So the Street Fighter series has definitely, you know, has definitely proven itself time and time again. And they're gearing up. We're going to have the 30th anniversary Street Fighter game coming out soon for the PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and uh, Steam, uh, which is going to have, what, 12, sh- 12 Street Fighter games yep. in it. All well, OG graphics, too. Yeah, I mean, and, and it was just um, – and the interesting thing about Street Fighter 2 was, um, you know, Street Fighter 1, when it came out, I think it had maybe six or eight different um, – Players, no, if no. I remember correctly? The very first Street Fighter, you can only play as Ken or Ryu. Oh, that's right. And, and the villain Ken was Saget. Saget, right. excuse me. Um, right. Street Fighter Two. Yeah, it was right. It was the second one. Street Fighter Two allowed you to play as six different characters, and that's where it picked up. And that's where it started to pick up because then you had 
You had yeah. Once you give players the opportunity of choice, um, and not only that, but every character had a different move set. Yes. So you had to learn different moves. They all had different special, you know, abilities and whatnot. It became, you know, it became that much more enjoyable. And not only that, you got to play other people in a quick game of who's better than who. Exactly. Know? Exactly. I remember the first time I played Street Fighter Two there at the beach club. I put my quarter down. I was E Honda, and I played for thirty minutes. Now, granted, I just used a thousand hand slap in the corner. This is before we knew cheaping. Uh, so before that was an, uh, a thing. Uh, and then someone came in and just whipped my booty. But let's Guile, say this. baby. Guile. I was going to say, who's your who was your go to in Street and any incarnation of Street Fighter 2? Turbo, where you got to use the, the bosses. Super Street Fighter 2, that introduced four new characters for the first time. So, like, who's your go? Mine, uh, Jersey, yours is uh, Guile? Well, it was Guile, but then I used E Honda better. And the reason why I used to because when kids used to bully me and basically said that I looked like E Honda, uh, <laughs> that's when I used E Honda and I beat everybody there you go. half to death properly. Look, you're still upset over that? Look, man, I, that was like 20-some years ago when I called you that. <laughs> well, no. I, I, oh, you're one of the bullies. <laughs> I see that. Okay, maybe we should have uh, – we should do a PSA on bullying. <laughs> it'll, it'll yeah, yeah, trust me. I want to get my on here and have them do a PSA. There, trust LA, me. I have never bullied you once in my life. Just to Lies. let you know. Right? Lies. It's a cats and dogs, right? Yeah, you know, the cats always bully the dogs. You're the cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are a cat person, too. And I'm I, am, I am a cat person. L.A., um, who's your favorite? Who's your go-to? My go-to was always Chun Li because I could figure out it was very easy to do the kick move. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. I was like, you know, I, I always had problems doing those combination moves. So I was like, oh, you know what? I just kick people to death. I'm good. <laughs> uh, my go-to was Chun Li as well. Actually, it just I just enjoyed her move set. She had a lot of cool stuff. She was able to bounce off the side of the screen. Remember that? Yeah, that's, that was really cool. Yep, and she would deliver head. a cool like like a knee to the head or yeah. something like yeah. that. So that was my go-to. That's cool. And then with Street Fighter 2, this then led... Now, Street Fighter 2 was the one that really kicked it off, in my opinion, yeah. at least. But then Mortal Kombat came in and just blew the doors down. Well, oh, no, there's no, no, no question wait, about that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Well, let me also ask you guys this. As far as arcade fighting games are concerned, I mean, how could we skip over Double Dragon? Because that, wasn't that, that doesn't necessarily oh, fall double, into no, this. No, double, double Dragon was more of a platformer. We're you talking. So? We're talking. Yeah, we're talking one on one. Yeah, oh, we're talking. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we're talking fighting genre one on one. I, so I like, was just saying that Double Dragon's a very revolutionary game as well. You know, right? I mean, and so is you know we you know we didn't talk about it in the eighties too, but obviously um, Mike Tyson's Punch Out set the standard for boxing oh, games. Oh yes, yes, yes. You know, and uh, then of course after the infamous Robin Givens moment, we got Punch Out. His contract was up. His contract was up. That's uh -huh, I know. But anyway, but you know, the punch out the punch out the punch out series did for boxing games what Street Fighter 2 did for fighting games. It basically, you know. Agreed. And Larry, I know you brought up Mortal Kombat, but before we get over to Mortal Kombat because that totally changed, you know, changed the direction of fighting games. You're absolutely right. I was like, but on the heels of Street Fighter 2, once Street Fighter 2 came out and became such a big success, there were a ton of companies who were trying to take advantage of that by coming up with their own similar fighting games. So, just to, just to shout out a few games, especially one franchise which is still going to this day 
uh, if I'm not mistaken. But um, uh, SNK, the company SNK, wanted to do a fighting game for their Neo Geo um, arcade. And they, you know, based off of the Street Fighter series, they came out with a game called Fatal Fury. Yes. And that yes. Out, and that came out seven months after Street Fighter Two was released. Oh, wow. Um, yep. Uh, the issue with that one was also... Uh, well, not not so much an issue, but they only had three playable characters in the original one. It, it was still successful enough that they did make multiple sequels to the franchise. Um, some of the other games that came out on the heels of Street Fighter were um, Samurai Showdown, um, World Heroes, and a very, very popular um, fighting series. More so in Japan, I think, than here, but King of Fighters, which oh, yes. released, you know, which was releasing a game every single year. For like a while, Neo Geo. I mean, th- that was the system of sh- of fighters. Yep, it was. It, it was really crazy. was. It was just all fighter. It, it really was a lot of fighting games. Yep. It was just a ton of fighting games. Like, um, yeah. I, I mean, we can we can spend like five minutes just like you know listing every fighting game, um, and that's exactly what you got with the original Mortal Kombat. And uh, in that game, uh, in that game, you had eight players that you can choose from. Yep. And for the first time ever um, in a fighting game, they did motion ca- – they did not motion capture. They did video capture of actors doing the moves. Yep. Right. And inserted it into the game. And that changed everything. And Absolutely. also – also, um, well, who was your go-to character to play in the oh, arcade? Sub-Zero. Sub-Zero. In the first one? Sub-Zero. Raiden. Yep. I, I went Raiden. Really? Oh, yeah. Raiden was a good. Raiden was my second choice, but I always Sub Zero was first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Now, within the Yin and the Yang, when we were talking about martial art video games, there was something that Larry had brought up about that game that changed the entire course of video gaming as a whole. That game was the first one, I think, Larry, that you had mentioned that because of that game and the violence behind it, it was the, the, now we have ratings, right? It, it led well, to it. Yeah, Mortal, yeah, yeah, Mortal, yeah, exactly. Mortal, yeah, Mortal Kombat was one of the one of the games, uh, along with Night Trap and several other games of the time. Right. That yeah, that led to the ESRB ratings on our video games because it was brought it was brought forth to Congress, um, saying that these games were too violent and kids should not be playing it. So they came up with a ratings system similar to the rating system we see uh, on films. Right. Um, yeah, and Mortal Kombat was definitely one of the main one of the main drivers of it. I remember I was in high school when that thing came out, and I cut classes one day with a, a former friend of mine, and we went to uh, remember in Flatbush Avenue and Avenue T, there was a place called Funland or something like that. It was next to a Burger King. Oh, Buddies. buddies. Is that what it's? It was called, called Buddies. Bud- yeah, yeah, Buddies. buddies. Love so we went in arcade, there, yeah. and they had just gotten Mortal Kombat that day. And my friend knew about it, and uh, well, my former friend knew about it. And then what happened was we went to go play, and he got a code from his one of, one of his buddies, and he showed me the Sub Zero fatality, and I had never seen something like that ever, and it shocked the daylights <laughs> out of me. I, yeah. that, I mean, you know, it was insane. I mean, just to see something like that. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, I remember seeing it as well. I mean, it was absolutely insane that a game. Uh, could be that violent. I mean, and of course, for kids, you know, for kids our age, because we were, you know, all, beca- you know, 
teenagers about that time are you know closing in on teen years, yeah. Larry. Um, <laughs> yeah. A you know, it, you know the, yeah, it was it was the coolest thing ever. It's like wow, it's like I can like I can I can cut somebody in half, I can chop their heads off, I can rip their head out with their spine, you know, yeah. all these, and show it to everybody. Really, Show it to everybody. So yeah, Mortal Kombat it, it was a game changer. Um, it became super popular. It spawned, you know, it spawned countless sequels up until this day where we have Mortal Kombat X or Mortal Kombat 10, if you want to call it that. I don't know which one they're calling it. I think they but, call it X. And that's even incorporated it, more people. They had uh, what? Jason had the Predator had Alien in yeah, it. Yeah, there's like yeah, there's like a ton of guys in it. Um, and of course, you know, let's not forget the jump to uh, the jump to 3D Mortal Kombat 4 transition the series over to 3d which are the games that we see today now it, it would behoove us also to bring up um one of the first 3d fighting games which was virtual fighter oh remember virtual yes. fighter i remember my uh, when i was going to college my my first year of college um i went to pace university and they had a virtual fighter virtual fighter 2 actually at the time um, in the cafeteria, nice. I wasted so many hours playing that game. <laughs> Just in between, and, and I will, very clearly in between classes, not no, during. He still has his double masters. Don't worry. I still have my, <laughs> I still have my degrees, um, but I just remember pumping so many quarters into that game um, because you know it was just such a it was a new way of playing a fighting game. See, kids, you can geek out, nerd out. Right and study hard, but yet still rock those video games. Oh uh, so yeah, it is. No question it is, about it. There's a way to find balance. By the way, um, when Mortal Kombat came out, let's also not forget one of the single worst copycat games of Mortal Kombat or Mortal Kombat like Larry. I know this is your favorite game. It's called Pit Fighter. Oh god, oh. you know I've been waiting to mention this during this whole conversation. Pit Fighter. Actually, actually. <laughs> Um, and I hate to I hate to burst your bubble, yes. but Pit Pit Fighter predated Mortal Kombat. Oh, did it really? Okay, yeah. Pit, I thought it was a competitor at the same year. No, 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 no. Pit Fighter, no. I think Pit Fighter I think came it was out in nineteen ninety. Yeah, Pit Fighter came out in nineteen ninety. Uh, Mortal Kombat didn't come out until I think ninety two or ninety three. They used digitized yeah. photographs uh, for their characters, according yeah, to I the mean, article. Game yeah, exactly. Terrible. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it had but you know the cool part uh, about it was it was you could have a one on one on one, yeah, like a triple threat. You're able to yeah. have this which that part was cool. Beyond that, the game was garbage, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, but you know what? Then you know Mortal Kombat took that concept and they perfected it and oh, they absolutely. made you know they made history doing it. To say to mention just to talk about at least uh, my personal opinion on the three D virtual fighter, awesome Tekken. I mean, Eddie Gordo, come oh, on now. Oh, Tekken, yeah. Tekken was yes. phenomenal on PlayStation. It helped PlayStation. Yeah. But I honestly never really got into the 3D fighters. I wasn't crazy about Mortal Kombat. I'm not saying it's a bad game. I just never got into the to the 3D, like Mortal Kombat yeah. 4 and all of them. I was I was more that I don't think it was even a traditionalist back then because there were still some 2D fighters like Darkstalkers, like yeah. – um, well, that was really the only other one I can think of. But there were some other ones that were still 2D. No, there was, Street you, you, had, you, had, you had Dark Starkers. You had Eternal Champions. The Alpha had, series. Um, Street yeah. Fighter Alpha. Well, yeah, Street Fighter Alpha. And let's also not forget Marvel got into oh, absolutely. The fighting games also. 
you you know, it started in 94 when they created uh, X-Men Children of the Atom. Yep. And then they followed that up with Marvel superheroes. And then we got our first crossover franchise, X-Men versus Street Fighter. Great. And then we got into the ultimate franchise, which was Marvel versus Capcom. Which led you to know. the single-handedly probably greatest fighter game of all time, Marvel versus Capcom 2, with the only decent home console version being on the Dreamcast. Yep. So uh, that and that game that game came out in two thousand. It had fifty six different characters. Wow. The Marvel and Capcom franchises, and you know you chose and it was played was it was a three on three con. Yep. Not at the same time, well, but you, you were know, able to tag out. And, yeah. Okay. Let me yeah, ask you were this. able to tag out. You were able to do combination moves with your with your partners and stuff is really cool okay okay now do you boys actually consider marvel versus capcom as great of a game as it is do you really consider it to be a fighting game because i think that that's more of like a cartoon action type game but you're I still mean, fighting they're really right but i mean you know it, I mean, it's it's don't, still like don't take don't take the topic literally uh, you know what i mean it's you still it's still one-on-one fighting right well yeah, no, it, it's not like, you know, if, if we were talking about, like, Marvel Ultimate Alliance or X-Men Legends, like, I wouldn't, I, w- I would say it was not. Because those games were more of, like, uh, strategy, platformer, action, adventure kind of games. These games were, you had one guy on one side of the screen, one guy on the other side of the screen, and you fought it out. <clears throat> like, I think that um, my favorite Mortal Kombat, going back to Mortal Kombat for a quick second here, my favorite Mortal Kombat, or one of them, was... The one where they introduced each character to have different martial arts styles. You can switch to uh, a weapon set and oh, then oh, a specific true, yes. fighting style. Wasn't that that was my favorite one. That was that was, was Mortal Kombat. That, yeah, Mortal Kombat 4, I think, was the one that introduced I think weapons. That was four. I loved it. I loved the idea that it showcased different Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection. Now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply styles and different arts which is phenomenal let me because as a martial artist you can actually know how to counter it so in other words if you use taekwondo and uh, let's say somebody had taekwondo you can actually counter that because it has a lot of kicking you can use a style like wing chun that is mostly hand movements which is close range fighting uh, and you can use that to oppose a long range distance fighting you know what i mean so It was a thinking martial artist type game, which is what I loved about it. What were you saying, Larry? I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, um, you know, with with the two D, with, with Marvel vs. Capcom, the Street Fighters, mm-hmm. the the Mortal Kombat's, the the all these type of games. What are some of the 
lesser known series maybe that you might have enjoyed like me and i listen when i say lesser known it's like right bordering lesser known versus like like just classic gaming um soul caliber well soul caliber wasn't a lesser known one and i, I was actually going to say that for mine Soul soul caliber was a very popular series i mean i got a different uh, game from me but go on in yeah no uh, no, I was going to say, uh, Soul Calibur, and I still have, I think, Soul Calibur for my um, my Sega Dreamcast. Okay. Oh, that's um, a great one. Yeah, no, that was a great one. Um, it, it was an excellent series. Um, it, it spawned several sequels. I don't, you know, new it's one's been a while. I, yeah, I think there's a new one on the Six. way. So, yep. I mean, yeah, th- so this is a series that has definitely lasted the test of time. I would say if I had to pick the three most successful franchises, at least in my brain, um, it would be Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Soul Calibur. Okay. Um, in terms of, uh, you know, you can throw more Marvel Capcom in there as well. There have been so many iterations of yeah. it. You know, I think those are the ones that have outlasted the test of time. If you're talking about um, ones that are a little more obscure, I remember specifically one on the PlayStation um, called Rival Schools. Do you remember Rival Schools? <laughs> yes. No, what is that? I remember <laughs> I so remember that one why, for a yeah, completely different reason, r- I think, than everyone else does. Well, Rival Schools was was actually, if I remember correctly, it was two discs too, um, and it was exactly it's exactly the way that it sounds. You played characters from different high schools, and <laughs> um, you know the object was to battle it out. So, but you had like you had like a cheerleader, you had a baseball player, basically people you would Catholic you know, kids school girl, yeah, the the Catholic school girl. Um, which Larry remembers, you know, clearly <laughs> it was on the cover, <laughs> uh, you know, and you and you would basically battle it out to see, you know, whose school was best. I remember that one. That was a good one. My I remember and you you probably remember this one, uh, L.A. Uh, I don't know if if Jersey will remember it. Um, I loved Justice League Task Force on the Super Nintendo. Uh, Not yeah, a lot of people do. It really didn't get good reviews, but it was it was it's Justice League. Uh, it was just a, D, a DC fighter, and it was just really really fun. Yeah, no, I mean, um, you know, D, you know, and, and let's not forget, DC also did a um, DC did do some crossovers with um, Mortal Kombat. There was Mortal Kombat versus yes, DC Universe. That was a good one. Like yeah, there was. Uh, yeah, so I mean, DC's definitely had their impact. But I agree with you. I remember the Justice League one that was fun. Um, and then I also remember uh, Marvel Superheroes War of the Gems, which was based on the Infinity Gauntlet storyline, which we're about to see in theaters. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, Jersey, uh, do you have any games that you remember that were kind of like that weren't the popular fighters? I don't I don't remember any specific franchises that I can say, but there is one game that stands out quite noticeably in my mind. That many people don't give any credit for, or to, or and don't re- really recall it. Um, this is the very first time I've ever seen blood violence in a game. Uh, it was in 1992 they introduced a game called Time Killers. <laughs> right yes. now, this is and now I mean for those of you who don't really know, yeah. prior to Mortal Kombat, this is an almost like an animated type game instead of it being realistic looking. And you had people who had these weapons that they would fight, and you could literally saw off somebody's hand, somebody's arm, somebody's head. It was violent, man. This, we've talked about I'm it before on the show, yeah. Right, and I'm surprised that game didn't start a rating system because <laughs> it was insanely gory. It never got a chance to see the light of day. 
uh, exactly. on home consoles. And, I played right, it in, right, the, right. In, the, exactly. uh, in the arcade. But Time Kills is just in that was really out there. Yep. I mean, for me, you know. Um, but that I, I'll, that's all I've got to say about that. All right, um, and then of course, um, just to just to really like wrap this up because I know we've been talking about it for a while. Um, we can't forget Nintendo getting into the fighting genre with what, what has become one of the biggest fighting franchises, you know, of all time, which is Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, and you know what? It's funny. I as much we mention it uh, often here. Huge Nintendo fanboy. So to have this game finally where all these Nintendo characters come together just to beat each other up, I was not a fan of Super the original Super Smash Brothers. I, in fact wow. I didn't I didn't get into Super Smash Brothers probably till the honestly till the Wii U for some reason. I don't wow. know why. But I wasn't well, you're I missing out into it. because um Super Smash Brothers Melee on the GameCube is uh considered the best mm-hmm. you know, the best Super Smash Brothers game. Mm-hmm. So oh, I would yeah. highly recommend you go back and get a copy I, of that. I like you know again I'm not I'm not saying it's a terrible si- game it's not it's an amazing series. I just I don't know <clears> I just I couldn't get into it. It was weird. Interesting. But mm-hmm. what about like you now? Ant? Ant, did you ever play Super Smash Brothers? Uh, uh no, not really. I never got a lot of exposure to that game. Um I know a lot of people who love it. Absolutely love it. Um to me I don't really define that as a fighting game though. You know, all you do is fight. It's just that you fight multiple players. It's not really? just one on one. Yeah. Mm. No, I, I don't really I don't have a lot of exposure to playing that game, so I really can't comment on it. But, you know, have you guys I mean, do you guys actually rank that up to be really high up there as far oh, I as I would even though I was oh, yeah, crazy I about it? Do. I would. Yeah. Okay. In fact, um, I, you know, I did a little research to find the uh, to, to look at what were the what are the top selling um, fighting games of all time? Okay. Um, and I thought I would share the top 10 with you guys. Oh. Um, oh. But before I, before I get to that, uh, let me ask both of you, which game do you think, which fighting game based on our conversations today and the games that you know, which one is the best selling fighting game of all time? We're talking console. Ooh. You know what? I'm going to say Street Fighter. Well, game, not franchise. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. Uh, well, I'll still say I feel like it's it's a Street Fighter, and I'm going to say I'm going to say probably Super Street Fighter Two. Okay, and what do you what do you think? Um, I'm going to have to give this to probably Mike Tyson's Punch Out. That uh, okay. Or, so you got Mortal, or, or Mortal Kombat. Okay. So you got Punch Out or Mortal Kombat, Larry, you got Super Street Fighter 2. Okay. Yep. I'm just gonna I'm gonna ru- I'm gonna run through the top ten really, really quickly. All right. Um, Paul Schaefer, be, give us a drum roll. Uh, you'll actually be very surprised with uh, what you hear here, because uh, <laughs> I was surprised when I looked at the list. All right, so from number ten up, we've got number ten, Super Smash Brothers for the Wii U, five point two four million units. Wow. Mm, wow. Number nine Number nine, Super Smash Brothers, the original for N64, 5.55 million. Okay. Mm. Number eight, Mortal Kombat at 6 million. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Now, I I wouldn't be surprised if it, it – well, I mean, granted, that's a high number for it, but I bet the ratings had 
to do probably, that. Probably, probably. No, no, wait a minute. Are you are, are they in this article when they say top ten? Are they comparing money of what it made at that time, or no. is it an equivalent no, to what units. it is now? Units. It's units. It's not dollar well, amounts. Units. Okay, I see. Yeah. So oh, okay. number number eight is Mortal Kombat. Number seven is Super Smash Brothers Melee for the GameCube at eight point one million. Okay. Wow. Number six, Tekken five, eight point two million. I remember that one being really popular. Yep. Number five, Tekken three, eight point <laughs> five million. That was a good game. Yep. Uh, number four, Street Fighter four at eight point seven six million. Okay. Number three, Super Smash Brothers for the Nintendo three DS. 8.8 million. Amazingly, that was a good version. I don't know why it was better than the Wii U. Yep. Number two, Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Wow. What's with the Super Smash Brothers thing? 13.2 million. <laughs> and the number one game, uh, the number one fighting game sold was Street Fighter, regular Street Fighter 2, 19.2 million. Wow. Regular Street Fighter 2. All right. I was close. Yeah. Now, wow. But what, what I find the most interesting about this list is that. Five of the titles on the list are Super Smash Brothers. Five out of the top ten. It's crazy. Which is crazy. And then to look really quickly at franchise, fighting franchises, the top five fighting franchises, we've got Mortal Kombat at 37 million, number five. Number four is Super Smash Brothers at 40 million. Number three is Street Fighter at 44 million. Hmm. Wow. And then number, number two and number one will surprise you, uh, or at least number two will a little bit. Number two... Because this is considered a fighting genre, and we have not talked about it at all. Dragon Ball, forty-five point nine five million. Very true. They, they're one-on-one fighters. Yeah. You also have, yeah. You have to remember how many different Dragon Ball games have come out. Yeah, and Dragon Ball is huge over in Japan. And oh, the I number one, yep. And the number one best-selling franchise. Yeah, you have to factor in Japan. Yeah. The number one best-selling franchise of all time in the fighting genre is Tekken with forty-seven million. Really, Tekken. I'm very surprised by that. All right, I figured to be on the list, but not number one. Yeah, Tekken is is currently number one. Oh, and there's a big jump off between five and six, which goes to show you just how few fighting genres are successful. Not, uh, Mortal Kombat is at number five with thirty-seven million. Number six is Soul Calibur at twelve million. Oh my gosh! Well, there's a lot so, more Mortal Kombat than Soul Calibur too. Very true. All right, cool. Well, so, get your fight. Uh, yeah, you fight on people. It's it's the it's w- coming up on the weekend of fights, so let's get in the mood. It's it's Easter. <laughs> before you guys, before we go, um, let me ask you guys: What in your minds are the top five greatest fighting games of all time? That's 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 tough. That's a bro- I can tell you maybe top three. I was gonna say I think I kinda, I think I probably named them all at some point. Yeah, I mean I. Mean- I- and it also depends if you want to count wrestling games as fighting games, because I would count those, and I know we didn't talk about them that much during this, um, and that's because we talk about wrestling games all the time on this podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, I would definitely uh, Super Street Fighter Two. I remember playing a lot because of the four new characters. Uh, I remember playing Mortal Kombat Two, a lot of the sequels. Mortal Kombat Two, I played often, and um, oh man, a third one. I mean, I, I like Justice League Task Force, but I wouldn't put it in this list. I would probably, honestly, I probably played a lot of Soul Calibur 2, again, the sequels, Soul Calibur 2 on the we, um, on the GameCube because Link was in it. Mm. Okay. Uh, for me, I would say that the three most revolutionary games, retro games as far as I'm concerned, would be 
in no particular order, I would say Mike Tyson's punch out is definitely one of them. Um, the second one would be a Kung Fu master, right? Um, the one where you have to go up multiple levels. Yeah. Yes. Right. And uh, lastly, I would say to you uh, would be Mortal Kombat because that changed the game. And each one pioneered something different to the next yeah. level. And then I have to go with uh, Mortal Kombat Trilogy. I remember playing oh, that ad nauseum because yes. it had because yeah, it, yeah. it had everybody in it yep. up until that point for Mortal Kombat Fair one, two, three, and Ultimate Mortal Kombat three. Yeah. Um, so I got to go with Mortal Kombat trilogy. Um, Soul Cal. I want to say it's Soul Calibur two. On okay. Dreamcast was it? Okay. Was that the one on Dreamcast? There was correctly. one on Dreamcast. Yeah. Wait. Mm, no, Soul Calibur two. Soul Calibur one was on Dreamcast. All right. So then it was the original Soul Calibur. Okay. So I got to go Soul Calibur on Dreamcast. Uh, Mortal Kombat Trilogy on N64 is where I played yep, that one. Yep, so did I. And then uh, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Okay. Nice. Cool. Good, good and, list, gentlemen. Good list. You know what? Let us know some of your favorite fighters at the Facebook page, facebook.com slash retrogamerspodcast. Let us know what games you like to beat people up in uh, when you're in the mood uh, for a fighter. Super Smash Brothers! All right, Larry. All right, Anthony. We've got a very special wacky retro game for this week. Wacky oh retro. boy, am I excited. I'm very excited <laughs> about this one. Oh man, he's um, never excited. I know. Um, and since we've been talking about the fighting genre, I thought I would look up um, a wacky retro fighting game. And boy, oh boy, did I find a good one. <laughs> um, this week's wacky retro game is called Battle raper whoa <laughs> what holy cow battle what the hell raper is, i'm gonna yes. assume that wasn't on nintendo battle raper <laughs> is a as you can tell by the title it was it was a very controversial erotic video game developed and published by a company called illusion soft <laughs> okay and as you would ex- and, and and as you would expect from the title Basically, what happens in the game is it's a hand-to-hand combat 3D fighting game, and the game features power-ups that you can pick up in the arena. Um, Yep, and then the female characters can will lose their clothes as they take damage. Oh, Oh, good grief! Oh, jeez! And your special moves include sexually explicit grapple attacks. (laughs) What does this mean? In the game. The game lets you physically molest the four female fighters with, oh my good Lord. with horned up grapples and force yourself on them after you win. Oh my gosh. Is this only released in Japan? <laughs> Alright. Besides single and multiplayer modes, there was, an, <laughs> it was, there was a story mode. Gangbang mode. Yeah. Um, and... You know, there were also unlockable. There was unlockable artwork and animation in the game, artwork. and there were, <laughs> and there was uh, there was also a feature to allow you to freely molest any of the four female characters whenever you want. Obviously, now, obviously, the game became notorious because of its forced sex elements. Mm. Um, and yes, this was a Japanese game. <laughs> um, it was released. It was released on Windows. So okay. you can actually load it for your PC if you want. <laughs> um, and, and so they decided 
you know, because because they were getting so much flack for the whole simulation of rape in the game, yeah. that in the sequel, the sequel? Um, sequel in 2005, which oh, wow. was also playable on Windows, um, you, when you defeated the characters, instead of raping them, they actually had consensual sex. Oh, well, all right. So everything turned up roses. That's good. Right. So once the fight against once once the fight against the female character was over, the game would enter a special mode where the unconscious woman lies on the ground in front of the player who now ha who now has to heal her wounds. I've tried using that line a few times. Doesn't work. Through sex. (laughs) Oh boy, this is supposed to be a kid's show. (laughs) All right. And Battle Raper is this week's wacky retro game. Boy, that was out there. Soul Caliber. What an episode. Holy cow. We uh, we ran the gambit, folks, of all no, these uh, no, different we games. we ran the gambit. What did I say? Gambit? Gambit. You said gambit. Oh, well. I was just watching next man. Yeah, Gambit is a Marvel character. <laughs> he was in the Marvel Fighters. Shame on you. He wasn't in it. Never to have his own movie. Anyway. Uh, we, but this was yes, good... Larry, you are correct. We we have run the gamut. <laughs> Wait, this is a great, good episode, and I'm glad to have our longtime friend Anthony Chu on, representing the network. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, guys. It's been a heck of a ride, and I, I really had a lot of fun. And I had, didn't utter one curse word. No, I know good. you yeah. did, and no, thank you, and thank you so much for coming on. And please, 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 don't hesitate to not do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, boy. It's all right. Well, you know what? We uh, One day we'll have Anthony on the yin and the yang. No, so then, no, no, we no? won't. No, what? we won't. Wait a minute. Let's not hash this out on air. I've got too much yin for his yang. <laughs> I I was just told to show respect while I'm here. That's all. <laughs> so, uh, so again, Ant, you know, where, where can we listen to the yin and the yang? When does it drop? Things along those lines. Yin the Yang drops every single Friday, and you guys can hit us up with any comments, questions. Uh, if you want any shout-outs, yin and yang podcast at gmail.com, and we're also on Facebook. Just look for the Yin and Yang podcast, and we're uh, found on YouTube, uh, Spreaker, uh, iHeartRadio, uh, Alexa. I mean, everywhere you can get your podcast at. And pretty much that's where you can find this show as well. Uh, Ant, you got anything coming up there over there on the West Coast? Oh boy, do I ever! Um, I have nothing. All right, good for you. <laughs> well, I mean, next weekend is uh, next. Well, no, ne- I was going to say next weekend is WrestleMania weekend, but that is two weeks away. Two weeks away from when we're recording. Uh, yeah. Well, even when yes. it drops. Yeah. Right. Well, next next weekend is Easter. Yes, it is. That should be fun. It, it, yeah. So after I after I find all of the eggs that the Easter Bunny has hidden for me. Um, including the to... rotten smelling one, including Oof. the rotten smelling one I didn't find last year. Um, <laughs> I will I will be celebrating at Disneyland. Oh, good for you! Yes, excellent, excellent. Uh, Jersey, you got anything going on uh, this upcoming weekend? This upcoming weekend, absolutely not. It's on just our... all about the grind. What do we? What as do we, far as what do we call our appearances? Uh, we we have a tour. Uh, Larry and I, we have a tour called Just When We Thought We Were Out, They Pull Us Back In Tour. And last year's was? Uh, I Should Have Quit While My Monkey Was Still Funky Tour. (laughs) 
So that sounds kind of dirty. So I'm not going to comment on it. That's actually a Dusty Rhodes thing, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, okay, well, we have fun I'll on the end of the Yang. Yeah, well, the, just when we, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I'm glad you guys have fun on the Yin and the Yang. <laughs> well, we try. We try. And uh, we're going to be a chill theater. So uh, oh, this weekend? No, April no, 29th. no. That's the end of April. That's the next oh, okay. up and coming thing right. for us. Oh, and by the way, yes, there's one other thing that's happening the week after. Uh, the week after WrestleMania. And I just want to thank you for the uh, very huge hospitality and uh, and appreciation that uh, we had announced on the yin and the yang that uh, Larry will be inducted into the uh, first inductee into the USW Hall of Fame. So it'll be a black tie affair. Uh, um, and if, it'll if be I remember correct, the anti. I believe that it. I believe that is a non-sanctioned and was not approved by the president of the USW. <laughs> so therefore, uh, it will not be recognized. <laughs> we'll have to talk about that one off air. Anti-USW productions. <laughs> Um, and I have such a busy week and a half coming up. I got two hockey games from this recording. I got, like I said, multiple podcasts to record. And then I'm on my way down to New Orleans, Louisiana for uh, WrestleMania weekend. Five, Nola. Yeah, five big shows in just as many days. Well, actually six because I got a couple of uh, access. And uh, and I may run into a, a pod brother of ours down there, Brandon Miller. Part of the uh, part of the PS Midnight cast, he's going to be down there more for WrestleCon than WrestleMania. So I'll Very try nice. and uh, say hi to him. And just to because as uh, Chu knows from the Yin Yang podcast, if I don't do anything good, I do best is self promotion. I will have two Facebook lives coming up uh, this week. Actually, uh, it's either from my Facebook page or the more the same Facebook page. I haven't figured it out yet. But they're both Roads to WrestleMania and Roads to WrestleCon with uh, my special guests, Glenn Nataro and Brandon Miller, respectively. So we'll be talking about all things Mania, all things of the indies during Mania. Don't Thanks worry. For the invite. You, th- that's a whole different episode. This is sort of like, you know, like the pilots. So don't worry. <laughs> uh-huh, sure. Whatever. And, I only worked for the company. Th- Again, this is that's later on. That's later wow. on. Wow, he's gonna play that card till the end of days. Oh, <laughs> uh, and and you will, you two will never live it down. <laughs> hey, listen, I got the most out of that. So <laughs> I got my shout out from Layla. That's all that matters. <laughs> if you want to call that a shout out, <laughs> you know, uh, she's a fan of one of our podcasts. We're not gonna tell you which one. She is a fan of one of our podcasts. She's also she's also friends with one of us. Hmm, I wonder who it is. <laughs> so check it out on Facebook. I'll be on there soon. Wit Glenn, who's the highest paid uh, uh, podcaster soon or the more of the same network. And with Brandon Miller, who knows everything there is about indies. So check that out. But of course, here you can find us pretty much everywhere that you just said. You can find the Retro Gamers podcast and... And uh, where else can they find us on social media? Uh, well, you can find us on um, our website, www.theretrogamers.com. You can find us on Instagram at the underscore retro gamers. And you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash retro gamers podcast. 
Absolutely. And with that, again, all joking aside, Anthony Chu, thank you very much for joining us this week again. Yes, Dan, it was a pleasure. Had a thank blast. Thank you so much, showman. Have a great one. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And, uh, Ant, uh, I'll talk to you soon as well. Uh, enjoy L.A. Hope everything's going thank good you, out sir. there. It and, is, and I love it. Good, good. And with that, folks, make sure you tune in next week right here on The Retro Gamers. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection. Now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.